Buongiorno. Um, I can still say that because it's half an hour until noon. After that, it's、uh, good evening, which is the same as good afternoon now, which is Buonasera. And I just got up at 11 a.m. I'm really struggling here with my schedule. And by here, I mean Florence, Italy, because I do work in the evenings to work on California time. And even though I've even put on my phone at 9 45 p.m., get ready for bed by 10 p.m., it seems I'm still often at my office after 10 p.m. And that's just because things,、uh, that's just because things come up. And so that's because things come up and It's kind of important to finish them. I, I'm only overlapping hours with California. Well, technically, I only want to overlap four hours a day. But I have a couple things going on right now, which is my mom flew out to Park City for me, and she's on her second week of finishing、um, getting my condo ready for short term rentals. And that turned out to be a lot more work than I had expected. So, Um, I have been talking to her about different choices. I'll come back to that. The other thing is with, with、um, the pink payroll and the pink payroll ERC,、um, just things come up as well. So, for example, training. So, last night at 2 in the morning, I recorded a half an hour training video for somebody and someone on my team. And then by the time I did the links and shared how to use it, I didn't go to bed until 3 a.m. Oh my gosh. So then you add eight hours sleep, and that's why I get up at 11 a.m. It's kind of this,、um, I feel like it's this turning wheel that just doesn't stop. My ideal schedule I planned was to get up at 6 a.m.、Um, to then do my Italian practice, either grammar practice, yeah, probably grammar practice. Just got to practice words and grammar. And then I was going to. Practice the guitar for half an hour. Then I was going to go work out. And, you know, by 9 a.m., I should have like all those things done. I can sit down for a cappuccino at a cafe. But here I am. It's 11 30 in the morning. And I literally just have gotten up. But at least I'm recording the podcast. So that's cool. So there's lots of directions this、uh, podcast could take. But right now I'm feeling it should be about the importance. Of scheduling, and maybe sometimes the importance of not scheduling, because I am getting a lot of things done that I really want to do that are, well, for one, they're, okay, get rid of that. Because I am getting a lot of things done that I had on my, like, I, I guess, desire or do list, they're just not happening on, like, set schedules or blocks that I can put on a calendar. So, I don't want to criticize myself or be self critical for not meeting all of my goals, but it is super frustrating. So, when it comes to scheduling and habits, yes, they're awesome, but it also can be unrealistic when you're building something. So, if you're listening to people who say you need to have a fixed schedule, you need to time block, and how awesome and how it works. It can work for some people and it can work in some situations. But for me, I find there's like an ebb and a flow. And, and when I'm building something, I can't predict all the things that are going to happen. So if I time block, I become too rigid. And then I can't actually accomplish what I want to accomplish. For example, I really thought when my mom went out to 
finish the last few things on the condo, that it would just be a few days, it would be ready, and then she'd um, let me know I can list it on Airbnb, booking.com, and all of that. But it wasn't like that at all. It was so many daily choices, and I'm really glad she involves me because at the end of the day, I, I really don't want to go back to the condo and go, oh, I didn't like the pillows, I don't like the blankets, I hate where she hung certain things on the wall, or maybe, um, oh my gosh, I could go, I could go down the list, okay? And I have so many preferences that are, you know, not her preferences necessarily, although we do end up agreeing on the overall thing that it's taken a lot of time. So, for example, she'll bring a bunch of pillows or comforters and vases and decorations for the place home from either Home Goods or world market or buy on Amazon. And even though I tell her, Oh, don't worry, I'll love whatever you do, she sends me pictures and I'm like, Oh God, no, I really I just can't live with that. Like the pillows for the guest room to me just took the vibe. The vibe for the guest room was tans, browns, creams, very mellow, mid century modern. And then she got these kind of um velvet fuzzy bright blue and brown pillows that were some sort of modern abstract pattern, and I just felt looked like a grandma's place. So ah, as much as I wanted to say just do whatever you want to do, I really had to interject myself and then go on Amazon and find things I liked. But anyway, she she bought a lot of, a lot of things, sent me pictures, and so kind of that's how that worked. So I had to find also a handyman to finish things and uh, another person who can help clean up. Now, when it comes to this project, it's good to, I, I like to, I do trail off into different fingers of things. Now, if I only did Airbnbs in Park City, Utah, I would have a lot fewer choices to make going forward because I've, sorry, because I've set up systems and have people or contacts or resources. So at first, when I started this condo, I didn't have people to do various projects, like whether it was electrical or cleanup work or any manual labor or handyman work. But now that I've been into this um, a year and I'm building a house, if I need something done, I just have someone to text. I know their rates. Um, I've been through the people I had to hire and fire. Like the first guy I hired to put up the walls, literally I told, uh, it looked like he was designing an Alice in Wonderland set. Nothing was straight. Everything was crooked. Uh, so, anyways, how do I wrap it back up? Because you're probably wondering, how does this relate to the topic which I was talking about, which was setting the schedule? And what I'm saying is when you're starting a new business or a new project, you really can't always set your schedule because things just don't go as planned. But once you do one or two or three or, or you're into it for one, two, three, four, five years, you have systems and everything is so much easier. So, you know, it is, well, it is important to pick something you want to do for either life or hobby because the time you've invested to uh, make the context and learn the skills is an investment. I'd still just say get started with something because you can transfer a lot of those skills. So back to scheduling and me and Italy. Here's where I, where my frustration is for today. I, let's see, 3 p.m. here, I'm getting a massage. 
4 p.m. here, I have um, a FaceTime call with my mom and the new person managing the Airbnb cleaning and, and kind of the rental, kind of a walkthrough to finish up. But then right after that, let's see, it's 8 o'clock in California then, and I really had, I have like 10 hours of work I want to do, and now how am I going to do it? Because because I really want to go to the social event tonight, which I'd have to leave at like, even if I'm late, nah, I won't be late. It's no fun walking in late to an event when you aren't um, thoroughly proficient in the home language. <laughs> um, so I don't want that awkwardness on the top of, you know, I'm, I'll be fine. I'll be fine when I get there as long as I get there on time. So let's say now that I only have two hours to work. Well, now I have to choose what to do, and that's pretty stressful. I have calls to make to pick up new clients. I have existing client work to do. And then I have what I call collections, nice collections, because we're starting to collect um, from some clients on some work we've done. And usually I'm not in the weeds with clients. I'm never in the weeds with clients. But this project I'm doing for a year and a half that is extremely profitable, um, I just don't have time to train people. So I'm just delving in myself because I often feel like I'm ten times as productive. So just just do it. Just do it. So there I am. I'm back to frustrated with my schedule because if I go out tonight, then I do get back in at 11. Okay, that's great. So if I go to bed at, let's say I go at 11, theoretically I could get up at 6 a.m. Okay, let's just say that tomorrow morning, Friday, June 23rd, will be my first 6 a.m. Um, where I'm going to get up. I'm going to do Italian lessons at home. I'm going to practice the guitar. And then I'm going to go work out and have a cappuccino at nine. I'll report back. And the last thing I'm thinking about on this podcast is how to bring the vividness of Italy to you while you're on this podcast. Because I'm attempting to live here like a local, like it's my home. But then on the flip side, you know, I see all the tourists going around all day and how fun it is to just be on vacation. So what I am doing to really be a part of it here, but I should really reflect on the things that are going well. For example, I go buy my vegetables at the little square um, around the corner, and yesterday I made um, eggplant parmigiana, um, which was really good, and then, oh my gosh, the most amazing salads here. Well, I make the most amazing salads because the farmer's market and vegetables and the local cheeses are so amazing. All you need is a few things. So right now my go-to salad is uh, arugula and uh, let's see, beets that are they're already cooked and they're in um, like a plastic bag. Sorry for the plastic bag. Um, walnuts, gorgonzola cheese, and then really good balsamic vinegar from Modena and some really good local olive oil. Maybe an herb like basil. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's amazing. Oh, and some and some tomatoes, even literally. And then yesterday for lunch, I made uh, amatriciana, uh, pasta with an amatriciana sauce. So that was just pretty easy to do. My friend from Rome showed me um, back in San Diego. But basically, you are going to get guanciale, which is uh, the cheek of um, a pig. 
it really tastes better here, didn't it? Even the imported stuff to California, it just doesn't have the same taste. I don't know, maybe it sat around too long, but it just doesn't render or cook up as crispy. Um, so let's just say guanciale, which is you could substitute pancetta. Um, not quite the same. Or bacon, still not the same. Just don't use smoked bacon. Um, so you you chop that up and you you crisp it up in a pan by crispy. Wait until the um, the fat's rendered. Okay, so the way I do that is I make sure to cut extra and then I eat pieces as I go because it's like eating bacon. It's so awesome. Then after you've done that, you boil your water, throw some salt in. This time I um, I put a like a pepper flavored pasta in. It was kind of red and actually it was quite spicy. I got it at Italy. It was really good. And so, all right, so then you remove the cooked guanciale from the pan and you've got the, um, the you know, the fat in there that kind of cooked off. And then you take uh, crushed tomatoes. I like the Muti brand, M-U-T-T-I. It's so sweet and good. You can actually buy that in the U.S. now. So I throw a can of that in. Yeah, I'm not giving you proportions. I could do that later. Um, I threw that in and let it simmer to kind of take off the bitterness of any bitterness or any uncooked taste from the tomato. So uh, maybe maybe 10, 15 minutes. After that, you throw the cooked pasta in. It needs to be al dente, not cooked quite all the way because you throw it in, throw a little pasta water in, let it cook some more to absorb the flavors of the tomatoes. Then you throw some grated um Pecorino Romano in there in just a little bit. Then you uh, put it in a bowl, throw the cooked um, guanciale, or if it's you're in the States and you need pancetta or bacon, you put that on top, and you sprinkle a lot more, for me, a lot more Pecorino Romano because I love cheese. Voila, that's it. So I think I'll wrap it up here because I feel like I did what I needed to do. I talked a bit about what my struggles are adapting to life here while running a business overseas, uh, the importance of scheduling. But I did, do feel like I left a hanging thread there, an open loop, because I, I didn't really say how it's going to work out when my schedule seems so random. Because in the end, it does. Um, I'll, I'll talk about that on the next podcast. Okay, so just hop over to the next one. Um, and what I'm going to talk about there is actually reframing my thoughts about it because my problems with my schedule are a lot about how I view how it's turning out because maybe I could just, maybe it all is fine and I'm just frustrated. And then lastly, I had concluded with at least talking a bit about what I'm eating and cooking because, yeah, it makes me feel good about being here. Oh, 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 okay, before you go. I'm going to tell you one other thing I take for granted that really makes me feel like I'm a city girl in Florence. I bought this beautiful Sergio Bianchi um, city bike. It's cream colored with a tan basket in the front. It's just amazing. And so I ride the mile and a half or to, so I ride the mile and a half to my co-workspace every day. I literally, um, I live on the Santa Croce side of Florence, which is east, and I ride all the way west. So I ride through the cobblestone streets, whatever side street I decide to take, swerving between parked cars, driving cars, literally buses, um, motorinos. It's super, super fun, and you can ride that bike at a dress. Super fun. So, hey, that's another thing I just wanted to recognize that is making it super fun to live in Florence. Um, I've always seen, the, like, especially Verona when I was there. I, I took a ton of pictures one week of 
all the beautiful ladies in dresses riding bikes、um, to work or to shop. And okay, so now I got that too. Okay, I think I'm going to end this because、um, it, it was a rambling one. I hope you enjoyed it. And、um, all right, ciao for now. See you on the next one.